So a guy comes to our radio station last week, and he's a podcasting expert. And we had to go to this meeting, and I thought, well, not only should I go, but I kind of want to go because I do a podcast. I don't want to find out more about it. One of the things that he said was, have some music, but don't play the music at the beginning. Do a little intro, then play your theme song, and that's how it should sound. Now, I've been doing it wrong the whole time because you've been listening to the podcast before. You know that I start the music first, then I start talking, and we're going to do it differently this time. This week on Take a Shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Let's try this. All right. Hey, it's Dave. Uh, kind of be a little bit tongue in cheek, but that sounds kind of cool. I mean, I don't know anything about podcasting. Isn't it funny how it's such a new form of media that we're still learning about it? And isn't it funny how almost anybody with a laptop and a $30 computer can do a podcast uh, with a little help, technical help from either a coworker or your sister or your dad who's really good at things like this? Um, I would have never gotten my podcast off the ground had it not been for some help from Carson. I said, Carson, I'll pay you 50 bucks. Figure out how I got to get a podcast on the air. So he did all the research and figured out what we needed. We ordered a microphone and boom, here we are. But isn't it funny? We're still in the very early stages of podcasting, but our company is already recognizing how powerful and important these are. And we don't know what's going to happen down the road. It's, it's so funny. Predicting the future is impossibly hard. I've been alive long enough to hear the flying car. It's only a few years away. The flying car. It's only a few years away. I've heard that my entire life. And I look back and even before I was born, the possibility of the flying car was very enticing to people. And people are like, oh my God, the flying car is only a few years away. And I think technically it's become more and more possible, but as a pilot and somebody who knows about airspace and what all three-dimensional travel involves, I don't know that it's ever going to happen in any of our lifetimes. But they keep saying it will because it sounds so cool. I mean, there was a flying car in Back to the Future, the flying DeLorean. And it seems like, well, wouldn't that be awesome? You get off work, you go out to the parking garage, your car lifts off vertically, and you fly to your home in North Branch or to your home in Cottage Grove or Eden Prairie or wherever it is. Uh, but when you think about the masses of massive amount of traffic and controlling that traffic and there are no lanes up there and uh, the fact that if you break down, you fall out of the sky or if you're not paying attention and the plane's not, your car's not flying itself, you're going to rear in somebody, fall out of the sky, and then fall onto a playground somewhere. So there's all kinds of problems with um, the um, the flying car. And predicting the future also, um, I remember back in radio, when I first got into radio in about 1979 or 1980, well, they said AM is dead. AM is going to die. Well, that did happen. AM kind of died. But they said, you know, FM's next. We don't know if FM is going to be around for years. I mean, satellite radio is going to take over. And um, the iPod is going to take over. Isn't it funny? I think that radio still gets 94% of everyone to listen at least once a week, usually a whole lot more than that. Who would have thought that freaking billboards are still a thing? Billboards? Bus stop benches? 
But whatever works, I mean, they don't entertain anybody, but they certainly communicate and they're an advertising medium. Anyway, predicting the future is hard. So the podcast guy comes by and uh, our company has put a lot of stake in podcasting because we don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen to the FM band and streaming and will people eventually just do all of their entertainment on demand so they don't listen to the radio live anymore i don't know nobody knows anyway i'm glad to listen to my podcast take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything um we do this podcast i'm trying to do it once a week but if you're a regular listener to the podcast you know that it's difficult for me to come up with something every week and they say the the perfect optimum length for a podcast is 25 to 30 minutes. I'm going to guess that's true because when I do a workout on the treadmill, I try to do 30 minutes. And if a podcast is way too long and I have to listen to part of it later, and then I only get 15 minutes out of listening to it the second time, well, it doesn't work out as well. But if a podcast is, you know, 27 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that, I can listen to that and then maybe do part of my workout with no podcast or nothing to do. So I've been struggling saying, I don't have enough content. I don't want to sit here and ramble on just to fill time for 30 minutes because trust me, I could do it. I could talk about nothing for 30 minutes and try to make it sound entertaining, but I don't want to waste your time. I want you to come back and say, God, I really get something out of Dave's podcast. So the podcast is based on the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. And I promise you, before I leave my studio this morning, the this afternoon, the Ironing Board Studio, um, I'm going to update the Facebook page and put something fresh on there because I think it says something like, hey, it's August 21st and my latest podcast is up. So I want to change that. All right. my uh, The one we're going to focus on this time, it came up a couple of times on the show this week. And it is um, based on the idea uh, go right ahead and be judgmental. And we've covered this one before, but I really like this chapter. And I think it's really important, especially in the age of your mom shaming me or your dad shaming me or your whatever shaming me. Yeah, well, that's, I think, what people do when they want to get defensive and put it back on you for doing what you have every right to do. Mom shaming came up on the show this morning because a woman uh, had a friend over and they both had toddlers around 18, 19, 20 months old, and one of the kids knocked over a lamp. Well, there were so many things at, at issue. Well, were they not watching the kids? No, turned out they were in the other room. Uh, the kid broke the lamp. The mom wouldn't, um, wouldn't scold the kid for it, wouldn't use it for a teachable moment, and did not apologize nor offer to pay for it. And the other mom was pissed, and she's like, oh, my God, you're raising a terrible kid. And the other mom is like, don't tell me how to raise the kid. And and so we talked about mom shaming. Well, listen, I don't think either of these moms in this situation are really guilty of much, maybe disagreeing with each other. Um, but I don't think that that is really anything where anybody should be upset about mom shaming or being whatever. But but what we have to judge other Parents, if you're in the middle of Target and you see somebody dragging their kid around by the hair, five-year-old girls screaming her eyes, screaming her lungs out, and the mom stops once in a while to slap her across the face, do you say, well, who am I to mom shame? Who am I to mom judge? Oh, you bet your ass you are. Absolutely. Uh, the kid's probably getting beat up at all the all the time. The kid's probably a, an abused kid. So would you say, well, 
well, it's not really my place. Yeah, I think it is to probably call 911. Never call store security because I'm going to guess that they have no idea how to respond to something like this. Call 911. Do you walk by a car on a hot summer day with a dog inside and say, well, I'm not going to pet owner shame. It's none of my business. Who am I to judge? You bet you're supposed to judge. Um, I'd give the owner about two minutes to come back to the car because maybe they just ran inside and uh, maybe they were stupid but not that reckless. Um, But then, yeah, of course you'd do something about it. Um, I had another example. when This is 20 years ago, and it's a true story. A young couple had a kid, and they were not bright. They were lazy. They were, I don't know, just chronically kind of stupid. And they ran out of formula one night, so they fed their 10-month-old baby Mountain Dew. Because they it's not that they didn't have the money. They just didn't want to get in the car, get dressed, go down to Target or wherever to get formula. Well, they'd run out. So Mountain Dew, pretty good substitute because it's kind of like juice. It's got sugar and flavor, so it's kind of, no. So this is where, of course, we judge. Of course we do, and I encourage you to do it. Judge yourself also, but judge the people around you. Sometimes you judge silently. Sometimes you go, you say to your partner, oh my God, look at that stupid idiot. I can't believe he is driving with a baby on his lap. That's a bad example, but you judge things like that. Chapter 67, go right ahead and be judgmental. We've covered this one before, but I'm going to cover it again really quickly. Here we go. The new mantra of our society is these three simple words, don't judge me, or it's close relative. Who are you to judge me? Yes, you're right. You're unemployed, pregnant with your seventh baby, and spending your assistance money on wine. No, nothing wrong that I should find there. The worst part is people think they're being all biblical when they tell you not to judge. After all, didn't Jesus say, judge not lest ye be judged? Well, here's my interpretation. Hey, you idiots, you can't be disgusted with this prostitute because you're a bunch of losers too. Jesus wasn't saying prostitution was okay. He was just saying the drunken wife beaters in the crowd had no room to talk. Now, none of us is perfect. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be judgmental. In fact, this might shock you, but being judgmental is our responsibility. If we didn't look down on tax cheats, animal abusers, adulterers, meth heads, and I'll throw in racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobics, uh, homophobes, wouldn't I mean, wouldn't be we be letting them get away with something? So, of course, we are judgmental against things that should be scrutinized. If your daughter were dating a guy who just held up the local hardware store, I doubt the words, who am I to judge, would escape your mouth. Judging has a purpose, so judge away. And I think it's safe to say that the people complaining loudest are the ones with the most to be ashamed of. Why am I talking like this? Anyway, I like that chapter a lot. Um, Moving on to our next topic on the podcast, by the way, of course, based on the book, Take a Shower, Show up on time and don't steal anything. Should you order some for somebody for Christmas, which is going to sneak up on us really quickly here? You can order them on Amazon or itaskabooks.com. You can get the Kindle version also. Uh, And, uh, of course, that's on Amazon. And um, there is a Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. And I always tell you, if you got any comments or anything about the podcast that you want to mention, uh, make sure you send me an email to my regular radio station email address, Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Moving on to our next topic. I took a test online, which was really interesting. And it's one of those personality tests, but it's not a playful one. It's not like, 
are you the ideal partner or what's your love language or um, are you the ideal travel companion? No, it was a really interesting one. It's called The Dark Factor and it's at darkfactor.org. And I'm going to do my best to describe it to you without reading it off the website. Basically, it's a test that you take and you agree or disagree with a number of different statements. There are 30 statements that you agree or strongly agree or strongly disagree with, and then it tallies up your score. And it gives you questions that allude to whether you are more focused on yourself, whether you're self-centered, whether you are um, narcissistic, whether you are sadistic, whether you like to inflict pain on misery and, and, and misery on other people. Um, whether you like to inflict, inflict inflict pain and misery on other people, even if it hurts you, whether you like to see other people lose, even if it means you lose too. And it's all very interesting. And you take a test like this and you do it one of two ways. You be absolutely honest and even err on the side of maybe making yourself a little worse off than you are, just so you'll get a a, a score that you can be like it's realistic or you try to trick the test and you lie to it it says i think it's funny when somebody else fails and you go well i do but if i say that i'm going to get a bad score so i'm going to click strongly disagree uh and it's a really interesting test so i tried to try to be as honest as i could well before i tell you my score um, again, the website is darkfactor.org. There are several people in my life right now who I really think would score poorly on that because they're very, very self-absorbed and very narcissistic and um, a self, there's a word for it, when, when you reward self-indulgent, very self-indulgent. And, um, and they are the center of not only their world, but they believe that they should be the center of other people's world that they deal with. And I see this and I go, wow, I wonder if it's kind of a, a, a factor of immaturity. Because when I was younger, I was much more self-absorbed, uh, I think, than I am now. And I asked my wife, I took this test and I said, yeah, I got a pretty good score on this. I said, Am I self-absorbed or narcissistic? She's like, no, you're the opposite. You do too much for other people and sacrifice your own time and your own money and your own heartache and your own emotions. And I said, good, I'm glad <laughs> because I'd much rather be that person than somebody who, well, yeah, Dave, you're very self-absorbed and all you think about is yourself. Um, and I was glad to hear that. Uh, but I think when I was younger, I definitely did not think of other people as much as I should. I was much more self-absorbed. And I'll give you an example. When I was very young, I think about this and I still can't believe I actually did it. And I've never told anybody this before. The only two people that know this story are my best friend and me. And I'll bet you he's forgotten it. When we were probably in first grade, my friend Scott, my he was my best friend from kindergarten all the way through high school. We we're about in first grade or so, right around there, and he had a tree house out in the country in Black Forest, Colorado. And the tree house was your typical tree house with a trap door. So you climbed a ladder of some sort to the trap door 
which was built into the floor of the treehouse. So we're in the treehouse one day, and Scott is telling me a story. And as he's telling me a story, I can still picture it. He's gesturing with his arms, and he's smiling and telling me the story as he steps back, steps back, and steps back again in the treehouse. And I knew in my first grade mind, I said, he's going to walk right through that trap door and fall. And he did. And I let him do it because I thought it would be funny. And I think, and he fell down and he like was caught on the ladder and he fell the rest of the way and he was crying. Well, he's a first grader. Of course he's crying. And he wasn't badly hurt. Luckily, no broken bones, no, no deep gashes. And I, Climb down the ladder really quick. Scott, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I remember I put my arm around him as I walked him up to the house. And he was crying. It was so sad. And I think about that day and why I did something like that. Well, I give myself a little bit of a pass because I was in first grade and I probably hadn't learned a whole lot of empathy, but I'm still really ashamed on a really deep level that I was the kind of kid who would let my best friend walk backwards into a trap door when I saw it coming. And I could have said, Scott, stop. But I didn't. I let him do it. Well, all these years later, I feel bad about it. It doesn't bother me every day. But of course, I would never do that now. No adult would do that now except the most sadistic of awful adults. But my point is, I've not always been that empathetic. Let me fast forward to about the age I was about 25, 26 years old. I used to ruthlessly make fun of the news anchors on TV stations in Columbus, Ohio. I did a morning show out there. We were a big morning show. We were number one. And I used to ruthlessly make fun of their hair, their age, their skills, their weight. And it really hurt them. And... I'm confused by it now because I think, why would I do that and hurt these people who are sons and daughters and wives and moms and dads? Why would I do that? And trust me, it wasn't like it was poking fun. So I say ruthlessly. Maybe I should back off that statement a little bit. It wasn't ruthlessly, but definitely cruelly. It's like, oh my God, so-and-so's hair. Jeez, did you see that? It looks like somebody cut her hair in the dark or she tried to cut her hair herself or, oh my God, did you see this guy's gotten so fat? My God, what a fat guy this guy is. And it was supposed to be funny. And I, and I don't blame anybody but myself, but I look back and I go, why didn't anybody pull me aside and say, Dave, you're making fun of these people. That's not funny. You know, that hurts them. And it makes you sound like a jerk. And I didn't have that empathy in me at that time to say, I can't do this. And I, and again, it puzzled me. I, I, I look back at it now, and this was a long time ago. It was 30 years ago. Um, no excuse, though. And I think, why did I not see how wrong that was? My point is, I think we grow up and we grow out of that. The things we do when we're 25 years old are not usually things that we would do when we're 35 or 45 or older. So I think what this darkfactor.org quiz reminded me of was, hey, maybe we get kinder as we get older. 
maybe we get more empathetic, more sympathetic. Maybe we can put ourselves in your shoes more often. But I think we also get smarter. And uh, when I go back to the don't judge, we get that maybe sharpened combination of judgment and empathy where you're like, okay, don't be an idiot. You're being an idiot. Or I'm going to combine that through with a filter of, yeah, you're being an idiot, but why? Yeah, you did something stupid, but was it because you had something awful happen to you? So I don't know. So we got two different things. We got judging and we've got um, that website quiz that makes you think of whether you're just out for yourself or whether you are more considerate of other people. Anyway, take that. It's kind of interesting. Here's my score. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 5, I had a 1.9. Jenny from the show also had a 1.9. Steve had, I think, a little bit higher, and Fallon had a little bit higher. Not to say that they're worse people than Jenny and I, certainly, um, because Steve is one of the least self-centered people that I know, but maybe he's just like, I don't know, selfish in a different way. I don't know. But anyway, it tells you, uh, the percentage of people that are more selfish than you and, uh, the percentage of people that are less. It's a, it's a fascinating quiz. Take it if you get a chance. It, you can do the short version. There's 30 questions, or you can do a longer, more accurate version. That's like 60 or 90 questions. Darkfactor.org. Okay. A few months ago on the podcast, I brought up something that at the time seemed interesting and appropriate, and then I haven't talked about it since then. And there's a reason for that. Um, I brought up the fact that there was a woman who, if she had taken a job on our show, would still be alive today. And, and it's true. It is, it is true. And it's sad, but it's true. But the reason that I didn't talk about it, because in the weeks since I talked about that, one of Allison's best friends passed away. And it's so sad. And I don't want to dwell on that. I don't want to talk about it because it's just so sad. One of Allison's best friends since fourth grade died suddenly. So all of a sudden, a story about this woman that could have lived if she'd taken the job didn't seem right. It didn't seem right to tell. But a lot of people have asked about it, and some, some time has passed since the death of Allison's friend, and it's it's never going to be okay. I mean, it's just the saddest thing, and Allison is heartbroken, and her parents are heartbroken, and it was, it was the saddest thing that I've ever seen, the funeral. Um, but so telling this story didn't seem appropriate. But I want to share, share the story uh, because it makes me so sad. There's a woman, and I'll give you her name. You can look this story up if you want to. Her name was Anne Presley, P-R-E-S-S-L-Y, A-N-N-E, Presley. She was a TV anchor that did a morning show in Little Rock, Arkansas. And she was about 26, blonde, athletic, beautiful. Of course, she was beautiful. She was on TV. And a friend of mine who worked at a, TV, a radio station down there said, you should try to hire Anne Presley for your morning show opening. And I think this is the time we had Corey Foley. Uh, we were looking for Corey Foley's like right after Angie Taylor left, or maybe it was right as we were looking for Lena. I'm not sure. And so we approached Dan and we said, Hey, I work at a radio station up here. I hear you do an awesome job. And a friend of mine has had you on his show several times. And uh, we never did work out anything with Ann. We never even came close to working out anything with her. 
And so she never took the job. She stayed there in Little Rock, Arkansas. One night or one morning, she doesn't show up for work. And she does the morning show, and she doesn't show up at the TV station. So her mom calls her, no answer, no answer, no answer, goes to her house, and Anne is beaten to death and raped, and she's dead in her bed. Now, as a mother and as a parent, you can't even imagine. You can't imagine that situation. But here's Anne, dead from some guy who had a previous record, and decided he was, I, I think the story was he was going from house to house stealing computers and broke in and decided to rape her and then he decided to kill her. I mean, just the worst kind of human being there is. And um, so here's this 28, 24-year-old, whatever year old life extinguished and uh, this wonderful person um, claimed that he didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. He couldn't explain why they found his semen on her bed and on her body, but he didn't do it. Well, of course he lied about that because anybody who is going to be a rapist is probably also going to lie about it too. So I tell this story because it's just sad and it just makes me sad to think about it. But the reason I didn't tell the story is because telling a story about a dead woman just in the last couple of months, just didn't seem appropriate to me. And it still doesn't because I think that one thing that happened with this death of Allison's friend is it just opened my eyes about how awful that is to lose somebody who's so young. It's awful to lose your grandpa who's 94 years old. But um, that just kind of made me say, you know what? I don't really want to talk about that. Well, now you know. And I tell you because it's it's sad and it just it's just something that has affected me off and on here and there. Um, and I think, wow, that awful person would have never encountered her if we had somehow persuaded her to come and take this job. And who knows? She'd still be here today, and you'd probably know her name. All right, let's end things on a little bit lighter note with a chapter out of the book. Chapter number 70, Courtesy Flush. <laughs> this came up the other day when a friend of mine said, oh, my God, I go into the women's room at work, and it smells terrible. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, there's that courtesy flush thing. Uh, Here it is. I'll be flat out honest and tell you I'd never even heard of the concept of a courtesy flush until I saw the first Austin Powers movie. Wow, a courtesy flush is a genius idea. If you're home alone, you don't need to. But at a friend's house, at the airport, or especially at work, flush the moment you're finished doing your business. The world will be a better place for your action. All right, this has been take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Hey, thanks for staying with me while I got kind of serious today. There's a couple of serious things in there, and I appreciate you listening. Um, Check out the Facebook page. I'm going to update it now, I promise. And leave your comments. Send an email to uh, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. On Facebook, search, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Have a great week. 